Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome to episode 32 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things football. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. Merry Christmas. Hey, buddy. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Good, good, good. Thanks very much for coming on the show again. Um, so what are we talking about on episode 32? Uh, we're going to be talking about the Hangover Bowl from New Year, um, which is like a lucky dip Blood Bowl 7s. Uh, we'll, be talk about, we'll be talking about our Design a Giant competition and the usual games, hobby and star players. Fantastic. Right. So first things first, Blood Bowl news. Now, it's Christmas. You're sitting there on Christmas Day, hopefully painting, gluing, uh, building all your presents that you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the other companies are clearly taking December off as well, because from what I could see and from what you guys were telling me going on in the Blood Bowl community, um, there's really only a couple of things to talk about. So, Ben, have you seen the first point on our news feed today? Yes, I have. It's uh, the newest edition from Windsor Chog. So Windsor Chog, who makes fantastic models, um, he's got a couple of things on the build at the moment, but the big one, and I think we're going to see a theme with this episode, um, is the <laughs> Windsor, Windsor Chog Giant. So this this came around in like no time at all, like a oh, few he, days. He is next level with his painting, with his sculpting time. It's, <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's prolific. So Windsor Chog, um, 3D designs models and then prints them and then casts them in really lovely quality resin. Yeah. Um, Zizzles, the mighty, my ogre from the uh, Seven Super Series. He is one of the one of the best models, I think, that Windsor Chog does. But this guy has been sculpting a giant. Yeah, my word, it's it's really, really good. I mean, considering the time he took to make it, it's just got a great pose for blood bowl i mean it's the personification of bonehead um he's got he's got a chain he's got he looks like a slave giant which is perfect it does look exactly like a slave giant so yeah he's got a picture of it next to a human scale so it's about what one two three humans tall yeah it's about that yeah okay fantastic so when it comes to a model wise you're probably looking at what four inches maybe a bit more uh, yeah, because he's got a picture of it ho- holding it in person, doesn't he? He's um, in his hand. It's taking up most of his most of his hand a little bit more. So yeah, it looks like it's going to be a really really great size. He's got one hand uh, above his head, scratching his head, and like you said, Ben, he's got a chain. He's got bits of chainmail. He's got some little um, bar- beer barrels strapped to his waist as well. Yeah, yeah. Bit of blood bowl armor. The face is superbly sculpted. It really is. Yeah, it's very it reminds me a lot of the Trogoths in a way. Uh, yeah, um, actually. Sort of the big fat lower lip and the bulbous nose, yeah. Yeah, big fat features. I think he actually looks like some of the giants from the BFG cartoon. I don't know. Yeah. If you're... <laughs> okay, I didn't know if you were too young to have seen the BFG. No, no, not quite. But yeah, he's got that kind of. It looks like a classic ogre. Looks like a great model. Um, now there's no release date for this or anything like that, but I have been pestering him to, to let us know. So hopefully, uh, when it gets closer to production time, which will be after Christmas. Um, I'm hoping we can get our hands on it as quickly as we can. So hopefully we can do like a, a cheeky little video preview or something if we can get it uh, if we can get it as quickly as I want it. Anyway. Yeah, I, def- I definitely think I'll be picking one up regardless. Um, 
it's, it would just always be useful. If you, even if you don't use that inju- inducement, you could use it in Warhammer. You know, you could use it anywhere. Well, that's it. You can use it in any. It looks generic fantasy, and it's a giant. And you know what? You can't really go wrong with that. Yeah. Um, so, multiple award-winning painter and friend of the podcast, Ian Warhanam Hannam. Um, boom, got that done in one go. He. Um, that's impressive. He, yeah. So he he won uh, the Windsor Trog Ogre. Uh, for coming in last place at the Wobble Fobble, uh, Fobble Wobble Cup, didn't he? Yep. And he's been painting up, and it's starting to look really fantastic. But even he's sort of said, this model is great as a painting, just just as a model to paint. And this giant, I think, is going to fall within that realm as well of being like, well, you know what? For let's let's hypothesise, let's say it's thirty pounds. Yeah. For thirty, for 30 pounds, yeah, you're going to get a model that's just a great fun project that you can then use with every Blood Bowl team because of how the Slave Giants work and or every fantasy game ever. Absolutely. And it's like we've said loads of times in the podcast, it's a bit unique, you know? It is There's a lot of options that you could use the the Ale Guzzler from Games Workshop, which yeah. is a really good choice. Um, so there are other options out there, but it's just if you want something that's special, that's, you know, supporting this little guy, he's good. <laughs> and that, that is the problem, though, with, with Blood Bowl players and with Giants is... This guy will go with any team, but then there are other giants that go with your specific team. So while you can say one giant and I'm done, um, really, you can have one giant for every team, which kind of ties into our next bit of news. So, yeah, yeah, this is another giant. So it's all giants at the moment, which is really cool. Um, I'm terribly sorry if I get this this person's name wrong. Xavi Moreau, do you reckon? Uh Looks right to me. Yeah, (laughs) I'll take take the the fall on that as well. (laughs) On the Blood Bowl community. sculpt some 3d lizard men guys i don't think they're out for release but really well sculpted and um you can see he's got a printed copy as his actual profile picture but the giant in blood bowl made his effect but he is just a pink skin and the lizardman teams aren't happy so i'm gonna make you happy so this guy has been sculpting a giant lizardman giant really cool it, it's it's quite creepy it makes me a little bit uncomfortable but in a good way so it's got the head of a parasaurolophus, so it's got that long toothbrush stuck on the top of its head on, like, this dinosaur horse face. Uh, if you can picture re- that. Yeah, yeah, I know. What way to describe yeah. a parasaurolophus? But it kind of, it's kind of hunched. It kind of looks like something from an Xbox game. It's got that yeah. halo effect with a proper dinosaur face. Um, the sculpt is, is really, really cool as well. Now, I don't think it's quite as finished or as cleanly done as the Winston Chog one, but this could be a great addition to a Lizardman team. Yeah, and I think it doesn't have to be. Like, when it scales like that, it looks kind of natural. You know, it, I've, I've, I've come from a 3D modelling background, and it's hard to get the really flat lines like like that. So to get something really smooth, is, it's hard to do. So I can see where that's happened here, but I don't think it's bad in any way in any ways in the slightest it's looks really natural and it really works for this style of model oh absolutely like the the quality of the sculpt there is is phenomenal we'll we'll have to pester um moreau to find out exactly what because yeah you did you did um, you even attempted you even attempted the forge world challenge didn't you yeah i had to go the forge world challenge wasn't wasn't quite enough for that but (laughs) maybe maybe someday you had to sculpt a space marine vehicle and it ended up being too much like a space marine vehicle yeah that was the that was the, was the feedback i received but <laughs> that's okay <laughs> that's okay i could have done oh. more with it in hindsight but yeah 
yeah, I mean, clearly everybody else who's been sculpting um, space marine vehicles, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they could be described the exact same way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's actually all we've got for miniatures news at the moment. Um, but obviously, if you've pre-ordered the Chaos Dwarves, you should be receiving them around about now. You've probably got them to build and paint. But what you should be building and painting are ogres, um, which is exactly what I'm doing right now as we record the podcast. Got Excellent. my two boxes of ogres got the two spare to trade away with rich got a billion knoblars like literally a billion of um how, how many i built all 24 for the two boxes um that's obscene you're really going hard on that uh oh man, I, I just want to be able to run an, an entire tiny person team so i've been thinking i've been running the numbers so you got the let's say you save three slots for star players okay so that's i'm thinking Brickfarth and grotty you know, or Grack and Crumble Burial, you know, the, the two yeah. for one, and another probably giant. So that's the three. So you need 13 Noblars, leaving three spaces, and then up to seven additional Noblars for the Riotous Rookies inducement. Cool. So you need so you need 20 Noblars. And in the box, you get five, on each sprue, you get five proper Noblars, and then one sprawling on the ground. Going to use the sprawling on the ground one as tokens, giving me 20 Noblars, which is exactly that's what you need. Idea. For a Noblar team and Giants, and then you know what, if for some peculiar reason I feel the need to not run Giants and actually go full Noblars, you've still got 24 to use. Yeah, I like that they included that six Noblars in the, in the sprue, because I've seen people do really cool things with that sprawling one. Oh yeah, and I'm, I'm a bit gutted because I've seen people glue two Noblars together, because you can position them so one looks like they're on the shoulder of the other. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm gutted. I was like, oh no, I've built and based. Gosh, they are absolute doddle to build, but basing 24 little knobbers, this is like, you go to Blood Bowl and you're like, it's a, it's a skirmish game. Like, it's fantastic. It won't take that much effort. <laughs> um, and then I'm looking at this and I'm like, I've got six ogres, a giant, and 24 guys on a 25 mil base. That's an army. That's a unit. <laughs> this is a this is a warmer fantasy battle army. This is fantastic. Uh, clever, Games Workshop. Very clever. Yeah. Get more models. <laughs> Well, you know what? I think we kind of wandered into hobby. So why don't we just keep on going? So, Ben, Blood Bowl, hobby, what have you been up to? Well, I'm currently, like you say, you're working on the ogres. I'm currently painting Nurgle. Ooh, what kind of um, Nurgle? Blood Bowl, Nurgle. Ah, yes. So, yeah, this is for the, which we will be talking about later. We can't just keep segueing. But, <laughs> we'll, um, yeah, it's it's for our mixed team. So, running ogres and, and, and orcs. Not ogres and orcs, Nurgle and orcs. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's, I mentioned it briefly on the last episode, I think, doing a um, sort of a rusty copper, third degree kind of look. Oh, yeah. How, is that, are you using pigments for that? or? Um, yeah, a little bit of dry rust pigment. It's mainly, um, you sort of do a base coat of typhus corrosion, slap on some some greens and some of that, that nylac oxide, um, some really bright greens, like, what is it? It's a Gauss Blaster Green, I think, Edge Paint. Oh, that's the, yeah, that's the Extreme Green. Yeah, so go really bright, straight over Typhus Corrosion, and um, then dab most of it away with a towel. And then I just sort of stipple on browns and oranges, and then a bit of rust, and then slather it all in an oil wash, which is like a, it's like AK Interactive Streak and Grime, it's basically like an oil. Um, It behaves a bit like an oil wash. And yeah, you just sort of coat it in that, and it comes out all grimy. And it, it looks good. I'll post some so, pictures on Facebook when they're done. Yeah, yeah, check them up. Do, do you um, 
are you doing that just for the armor or are you doing it like for the clothes as well or that's just for the armor the skin's sort of a pale green um i'm gonna try and keep it uniform with the orcs as well just because it kind of works for green skin orcs and diseased humans try and make a match so kind of tie them all in yeah yeah and then the cloth is red like a dark red corn red of course it's red it's got to be christmas green and red oh i see not not because of blood tide ben and corn well no that is the real reason yeah yeah. Well, <laughs> I've got far too many red things. Red I love that. You're like because of uh, yeah, because of Christmas, not because of corn. And there's going to be yeah. brass there as well. But again, that's because of Christmas. It will be brass uh, trim, yeah. <laughs> and, and skulls because Christmas. Um, well, that's a good idea. Do you so have a Christmas? Do you have a Christmas skull for your Christmas tree? Oh no, that's a good oh, idea. We're, we're gonna we're gonna have to get you one. I've got that massive one left over from Tombstone tournament. Um, oh, I bet Tiff loves that. Yeah, where? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently that one's going in the outhouse. So, uh, where is it? I don't know what I've done with it, actually. Oh, she's wonderful and wouldn't have binned it, but I'm sure that if I've uh, hidden it away, she won't help me find it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, so, yeah, so that's for The Hangover. Well, that's for your mixed team. And like you said, we will be talking about that very shortly. Um, but, yeah, what when you've got... you, then? When you've... Well, I've, I've, I've built and undercoated my, uh, my mixed sevens team. So... I've got. I, I was impressed. I wasn't able to be there for the draw, but was it? Did Ian draw on my behalf, or did you? Yeah, he drew both for me and for you. Oh, fantastic! So I ended up with Skaven and Dark Elves, which what are a comp- well. I'm very happy with that combination, and also I love those teams. So I've built my team, and I mean, I've added a load of ghost bits because of the. So you're going for like a a, a rusty salty sea beam my yeah. guys the backstory is that um there were two high performing teams that were coming into the christmas bowl they were pitted to win but a goblin uh say fixer not fixer but you know um oh good a book bookie um basically took loads of bets that they would win and then uh paid for most of their team to get murdered excellent yeah, and which uh, obviously upset the spirits of the, 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 the murdered people who are now helping the team form a combination team to take revenge by winning the Hangover Bowl. So they're aided by the spirits of their dead uh, teammates. So I've taken a load of um, Age of Sigmar. What's the ghost faction called? Nighthorn. That's it. Thank you very much. A yeah. bunch of Nighthorn stuff. And I've positioned it either like with the ghosts flying around the players or the players like running over the ghosts or flying through the air on the ghosts and my favorite one is because i'm going to give leader to one of the linemen i've got a <laughs> i've got a dark elf corsair head and because of the way the hair is swishing around on this model i've managed to glue it so that it looks like this second ghost head is peeking out from behind the player and basically telling him what to do um, it really does look good. It's, it looks exactly like that. <laughs> it's worked out yeah. really well. And I, really, it's just because when I painted my tree man team, I discovered that I love the ghost paint because it allows you to do the um, like the directional lighting really easily. Yeah. Which I'm a, I'm a medium painter. So adding that just makes it look really cool without really an awful lot of effort. So I was like, oh, how can I work ghosts into this? I was like, oh, there's my story and there's a load of ghost bits. Uh, so the idea is really that I'm just kind of trying to blunder my way into really easy painting. So, yeah, I've been built. I've built those. They're all brown. 
Um, uh, we've got what three, four weeks till the Hangover Bowl day, so I've probably got three, four weeks before I finish painting them. Yeah, because you know that's just how I roll. Yeah, it'll um, be the Friday night before. And... Well, you know, well, yeah, it's on a Tuesday, so it'll be the Monday night. Yeah. True. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> about that. That's not um, good. <laughs> no, no, no. So let's, let's get it right. But I'm working on my ogres because I am trying to get everything ready for the next proper series. Um, for the next proper season of seven super series so i'm going to be doing the secret teams but also getting ready for the first the first for the next normal team series and ogres will be one of the teams in that so just a sneak preview now. yeah so i'm going to be running uh, ogre hunter two normal ogres and at the moment i've got one two three four five six seven Noblars, well, I'm not sure that's going to be enough. I think number-wise, that gives me 10 players. So that should allow three Noblars to die and still have a lot of numbers. Is that... Will Disposable be doing anything for this team, or is it like... No, no. I I mean, well, let's talk about that real quick. So the Disposable rule, it allows you to ignore 20,000 of your team value for each Noblar you've got on there, basically. Yeah. So that's that's for leagues, because the way that resurrection tournaments work is you don't have an inducement step normally because they say buy your inducements at team creation. Oh, of course. And as the inducement step happens where you check your team value at the beginning of a game versus someone else's and then at the inducement step, take inducements to, you know, match the difference. Basically, in a resurrection format where you're building a list and that's your list, you don't really have that slot. So the NAF had the ruling of. In tournaments, they see it as, well, there's no inducement stuff. So what you're doing is you're buying a million or a million and a hundred or whatever the value is of gold's worth of stuff. And you're buying your inducements at that point as well, which means that the disposable skill doesn't really affect your team build. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's good to clear that up. Yeah, I mean, the, the only arguments that are coming out is is that actually... Does it rob the ogres of their special thing? So halflings get the cheap halfling chef, goblins yeah. get cheap bribes, and they're like, well, ogres don't get cheap anything. But and they I, do get the, technically it's an inducement for the extra snotlings, isn't it? Well, the rioters rookies. Yeah, so you could pay for that. <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> one, actually, because if you think about it, so rioters rookies, you pay 100 gold, and you get 2d3 plus 1 noblars, and... Um, and that can take you over your maximum team. So really, you're paying the price of five Noblars to get somewhere between three and seven. So I like the idea of saving 100k and buying that. But it does mean that some games you're going to be down on, on Noblars and some games you're going to be up on Noblars. It's quite cool. I like they've, they've, they've got the money right on that one. Yeah, that is, that is true. Perfectly average. Just yeah. It's clever. It's very cleverly done. Unfortunately, for sevens, where you've got 600k, you can't afford that without running a two ogre billion noblar build. Although now I've said it out loud, that does sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound fun. But knowing seven, knowing seven super series, they probably win it. And... Oh well, apparently so. Yeah. yeah. But no, the whole point of seven super series is to showcase uh, the teams and the skills and and see how they operate in seven. So while uh, an off piece different team build like that might be very fun to see. I think for a season, it's better having a, a more rounded build and saving a silly list like that for uh, for a challenge or just like a one-off or something because it could be really great. Because let's think, you've got two ogres, that's 280. 
We'll say one's a runt punter. Let's round it up to 300. So you can take yeah. the two ogres, the riotous rookies, and then you're running about 400, well, 390. And then you can take 10 noblars, which you can't obviously take 10 noblars. You can only take nine because you can only have 11 players. So you can have nine noblars, two ogres, and riotous rookies, which means you would be running with somewhere between 14 and uh and what 17 players that's pretty good <laughs> 14 and 19 players something like that this it's it's could be entertaining um but that's only if you're going to run the rules of you can sneak extra players on if no one notices um, yeah which uh milton did try last season uh, <laughs> uh, it's you know it's only cheating to get caught isn't it well, that's exactly it i think it's in the spirit of blood bowl i think it should just be a rule yeah um <laughs> so yeah <laughs> you can use a bribe to go with it that's it. That's it. I've seen there's a, there's a couple of really cool things. So the River City Dungeon Bowl is a Dungeon Bowl sevens tournament that takes place in America. And um, they basically have the rule of once you've got seven players on a pitch, you can bring another one on. But on a on a one, they get spotted and get sent off, <laughs> which is quite cool. I like the rule that I think I don't know if we came up with on the podcast a while ago, which is you can try and bring a player onto the pitch at the beginning of any of your turns. But you've got to roll over its strength or the referee notices and that player gets sent off. I think you did mention that on the podcast. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a great rule. So three plus, you can sneak a goblin onto the pitch. Two plus, you can sneak a nobbler onto the pitch. But if you're going to try and sneak an ogre or a minotaur onto the pitch, you, you need to roll a six. Um, yeah. I just think that's great fun. You're like, right, I'm going to start this turn. I'm going to try and bring the... Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and bring the ogre on. And a six, he just sneaks on and the referee doesn't notice and you can play the rest of that drive with... <laughs> <laughs> with an right. extra ogre on the pitch yeah i'm all for that <laughs> it's just can you imagine that though can you imagine lining up in a league game and someone's like yeah i'm just gonna uh just, and they get away with it multiple times like you're playing orcs yeah. and just like yeah I'm gonna sneak another orc on yeah it's fine I'm gonna sneak another orc on yeah it's fine and i'm gonna Three bring on a troll like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just it's just awful like i don't know i think that's quite a fun idea yeah i'm, I'm, I'm a fan <laughs> As long as, as long as as soon as you fail, you you can't do it anymore. It's, it's good. Oh, I don't know. All the player gets sent off. I mean, balance it out, you know, and have that gamble. Yeah. Uh, like I'm gonna try and bring him off, but uh, actually, do I? Does he get sent to the sin bin? Does he get knocked out honorarily, and he has to sneak himself back in? I don't know. It's quite a fun idea. Um, we'll have to look into that. We'll have to play test some things. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, been building those. Been building the dark elves. Haven't actually got any blood bowling games wise recently because it's retail at christmas is really busy and uh, we've had a lot of stuff going on so haven't really me had neither. the opportunity to play any games no you neither no me neither it's not been too long since recording the last episode so that's true it's, yeah that's true. and like you said it's busy time of year we've been hobbying instead and we missed club night this week because um everyone was busy so both the key holders ian uh warhanam hanam has he's just had a, a little daughter called freya um, congratulations yeah congratulations and also now well, while we're congratulating we should congratulate craig um who's also been on the podcast at least once he's just had his little daughter as well mary so congratulations to both those guys um uh, but yeah no ian uh, apparently because if, when you've got a newborn you can't come to club night you know <laughs> fine i uh, wasn't allowed to come and james couldn't make it he was a rather key holder um the dwarf lord james could make it and i ended up getting stuck with family things so i couldn't go either so we had no one to open up the club so we didn't have club night and you and I were planning on getting a game of the Giants as well, weren't we? Yeah, so we, we certainly didn't do that, but hey, next time. Oh, absolutely next time. I'm very, very excited to see how they play. Um, 
talking of giants. Oh, no, no. No, that's the second topic, isn't it? First topic. Yeah, ahead of yeah it is indeed. So before we move on to our first topic, uh, I did pop a little shout out on the Internet to say, hey, it's the Christmas episode. Does anyone have any shout outs? And I've got a few just to read out. So uh, Mardaroa, the wannabe painter from, from Twitter, um, actually talk, talks to us quite a lot, which is really, really cool, uh, wants to say happy holidays, everyone. During the next two weeks, he's going to try and paint a complete Blood Bowl team, uh, continuing Halflings or starting a new one. It's a large amount of time off for anyone, but for a procrastinator like me, it may be enough, may not be enough. Um, Mardaroa, you can do it. If you're not going to do Halflings, do the Ogre team. It's really easy. Yeah, Even okay. I can do it. Uh, what else we got Steve Mayer or Maha I think it's Mayer shout out to the new league I'm in which is the Nanuet New York Toy Wiz League um, Steve's great and also said big shout out to the Bonehead podcast as well so thank you very much Steve it's awesome to um, see like people from other you know across the pond oh it's, it's, it's yeah. awesome that um, is really cool there's some crazy Blood Bowl people out there I mean mentioned Jared before he's the uh, <laughs> he's the guy who listens and just hates the idea of using re-rolls just pure players all the time it's fantastic um it's cool, got a little, yeah. Yeah, it's, well it's pretty brutal oh god can you imagine that it's like yeah. mega sevens um eric charlie shout out to nuffle for all the double skulls this year <laughs> which i think is probably about right uh yeah. in trip in triplo shout out to all those who helped someone else get into or back into blood bowl this year um and that is a really great point Ian. um we've seen a lot of players this year come back to Blood Bowl or start picking up Blood Bowl or start people who are getting into the hobby. Now, whether it's in our league, through our tournaments or through the podcast, we do get a lot of people asking like, hey, I'm just starting out. Hey, I've just started this. Hey, I've just started listening to the podcast. Didn't know Blood Bowl was still being played. Like, it's fantastic to see all these great people getting back into a superb hobby. And I wanted to say a big shout out to all of you out there listening for being fantastic in the community and just helping grow this great game. And on a personal level helping us grow at what we hope is a great podcast because it's been lovely getting to know all of you to talk absolute nonsense blood bowl ideas and just you know thank you all for being fantastic folk yeah thank you to, thank you also and you know you, you guys on the podcast brought me into it and so you know it's a slippery slope <laughs> it is a massively slippery slope uh just got two more to go through drew creedy so drew comes to all of our tournaments heck of a player um as is his, his son logan and he said if you could please put a shout out for logan to get off his computer and give me a game of blood bowl that would be great <laughs> so logan, logan. yeah logan if you're listening do play some blood bowl because actually to be fair logan's a, a jolly good player as well oh yeah he thrashed me in one of the tournaments yeah yeah those two are a formidable team um so actually yeah you might yeah maybe maybe not maybe stay off blood bowl um until after our next tournament yeah <laughs> Nicky James perfect Merry Christmas to all and a happy new year um Bloodbrush studio shout out to the boneheads quality content on multiple formats and multiple blood bowl playstyles happy holidays and thanks for the hard work thank you very much blunt brush so yes that's just wanted to say you know happy holidays whatever you do over the holidays whether it's Christmas whether it's time off whether it's not time off just thanks for listening thanks for playing have a great time um and um for at least this morning, which I'm assuming you're listening Christmas morning while you're building things, you get to listen to us talk absolute nonsense for a little bit longer.
So our first proper topic for the day is going to be talking about Hangover Bowl, which Ben did mention earlier is essentially Lucky Dip mixed Blood Bowl sevens. So, well, well, yeah, well, we're joined by the um, the it's the brainchild of Blood Tide Ben. And while we've got him on the podcast, it makes a lot of sense to talk through uh, his latest Blood Bowl venture. So, Ben, over to you, really, man. What is Hangover Bowl? So it, it started off as just a just a crazy idea. You know, a lot of these groups do the Secret Santa kind of thing. Um, we thought it'd be fun to do at the club. But, you know, the trouble with Secret Santa is, you need, you know, people don't adhere to spending limits. You know, some people get things they don't like, so they don't want. So I just thought, well, why not why not do like a little lucky dip thing? And I think it's probably it's probably your influence. We're just like, what about mixed teams? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I didn't come up with it all by myself. But, um, uh, no, I'm definitely putting this one on you. <laughs> yeah. Well. It, yeah. So, so the idea is just something a bit different. Um, we all put in twenty quid, and with that we get a team and some prizes. It sort of funds that. Um, and yeah, it's just a good time. Some little extras as well. So the, and, cool, the cool, the cool thing about this is that when you say you get a team, you what you did was you arranged and and you said. What I'll do is, if everyone puts in, I'll get a team per person, and we'll yeah. split up, split up the sprues and mix it up. So yeah, yeah, that that that's that's the sort of unique part of it. Is something we, it's not easy to try yourself or enforce a tournament for because it's sort of making people buy two things, but doing it this way is quite a low investment way of doing it. So yeah, we we got all the non-stunty Games Workshop teams, which I think there were eleven of. And um, at the time, ogres weren't out yet. Well, oh, they're a stunty team. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Yeah, it's a shame the ogres weren't out. Because yeah, they, they would have been good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we got all of them, and we did the sort of the idea was we'll do like a little raffle and we'll see what teams are in, thinking that there'd only be about five or six people. So then you draw what teams will be included, and then you buy those teams, and then you mix them all up. However, we had a lot of interest. We actually had twelve people. So yeah, we, we had a yeah. more teams, more teams than there were. Basically. Yeah, exactly. So we we're like, well, what do we do now? Because I was always going to be the mediator organising it. So I drop in if there were an odd number or like stay out if there's an even. Um, but with 12 people, um, yeah, we, we had a long discussion about this. And we decided to include, include halflings. Yeah. And that's, yeah, with, it's, we had a few caveats that we, we said, well, if you draw half a halfling box to make up a mixed team, it's going to really suck because six halflings is nowhere comparable to two chaos warriors and four beastmen. So well, that's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be sort of disappointing if you were to draw that, and then you now have just halflings to paint, and you probably don't stand a big chance in the game, even with some skill packages. So we said, you know what, we've got a little bit of ex- with a bit of the extra money from the buying teams at discount, we can get some tree men, and um. So that was so got, really that was really the the crux of it, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. right, what do we do? Do we double up a team? Because at that point, it was well, do we, we can chuck in goblins, but then that's literally just goblin. Yeah. Uh, or do we chuck in halflings? Well, there's some positionals, you know, and maybe we give an extra skill or something to make it a bit more beneficial. You know, running a halfling team's not going to be super. And then um, I think you had a look around, didn't you? And you yeah. found those Erewhon treemen. Yeah, which I've had my hand for I've had my hand for ages because they're just so good for blood bowl. And they are, and they're sold out all over the place. But you managed to swing a box, yeah, and then 
which which well which I was very happy with because it, it kind of swung it swung I think that swung the vote for you I think that made you like realize that actually this is quite a cool idea and what was it that you decided so what how to use a tree man well yeah basically yeah so we the idea was we have they come in a pack of three if you are to draw a halfling sprue from the little raffle or little lucky dip we had um you'd also get one of these halfling tree men included in it so it kind of offsets that disappointment of getting halflings you actually get a freebie of a big guy it did genuinely change. I mean, I think yeah. most people were quite like, yeah, that's cooler for being the halflings thing. I'm not going to win. But at least oh, I was hoping I got halflings. <laughs> but as soon as the tree was out there, I was like, oh, man, I yeah. really hope I get halflings because I get a cool tree and I just, you know, I'm going to lose, but I get cool models and it's really cool. Yeah. So it really changed up to make it something to look forward to rather than to dread picking. Uh, um, and then we basically had a whole bunch of teams that everyone was quite excited to pull almost every combination yeah. of. There was a lot of buzz around it, and we were all very keen. Yeah, um, but yeah, we we had our we had our team draw. So the what in in theory, the way I planned this, I was going to wrap up all the sprues of different shapes and sizes, and you know, I, I'd draw a little symbol on them to uh to make sure. So I I would know what was in each one, but I take the last two, so there's no way I can influence that. Um, Which means that no one would get double of the same team. Exactly. Yeah. So you just choose two different symbols. Um. But, you know, because the, the teams all arrived at different times, it wasn't really feasible. So we just did it in Christmas cards, um, which, which, was, which, was, which was genius. So even yeah. though the teams weren't there ready to go, the players could go, oh, I drew dwarves and chaos. Uh, I can now start building my list and I know exactly which models we got because, the, you know, because you could start planning it, even if it was going to take a couple of extra days. You know what? Everyone's busy after club night anyway. <laughs> so yeah, it exactly. wouldn't have been the end of the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it worked out really well. I mean, everyone got there were no people didn't even draw the same symbol twice, so that worked out really, really well. Um, Ian drew my teams. I got Nurgle Orc, as I discussed before, and you got yeah. Dark Elf and Skaven, which I am very happy with. I think when you joked it in the group chat, I was like, really, like the me, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah well, they're two of my most favorite teams, and actually, we saw. At least one mixed team running Chaos and Skaven. Uh, Chaos and Skaven. Although that is also quite a good combination. Uh, Dark Elves <laughs> and Skaven at um, at Bonehead Bowl. Last yeah, week. as I mentioned before, there was yeah. Logan who ran it who thrashed me five <laughs> one. Exactly. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna channel my inner Logan. Um, hopefully with this team. But yeah, no. So really, all in all, it was a really clever little idea that for for twenty pounds each you can buy yes. in, and you know, like you said. Clubs sometimes do a cheeky secret Santa. Sometimes the club goes in and gets something. But actually, we thought as a cool modelling opportunity, build a little sevens team. You get one sprue here, one sprue there. You build your team out of that. And, you know, it'll have a bit of a change up and we'll have some games. And Try something really unique. We're all theory crafting builds, aren't we? Like, what's the best one going to be? Oh, like, absolutely. What's the most bashy? What's the most like, passy team? Yeah, what, like, who's, who, like, who don't we want to get which team? <laughs> yeah, you know. He's going to end up with the Wood Elf and Dwarf combo. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure we got one in the end, did we? Uh, no, we, so we had Undead and Wood Elf. We had oh, Dwarf that's... and Dark Elf, I think. Oh, which I'm... yeah. And we got Sam. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, uh, there Chaos are some cool, yeah, there are some good combinations out there. So before we move on to talk through who pulled what, what were the build rules then? So the build rules were 600k. Um, so. That means that 
you know, for sevens, that's that's pretty standard. Um, each team has to have at least three players from each race. So you've got a sprue from each. So you've got six players in most cases. Undead have seven um, of each race. And yeah, and you have to include at least three of them um, from each. There's a maximum of four positionals. Um, so you can't have, you know, you can't just make a sevens roster of all positionals. I think that's another standard sevens rule. Is, is that, that right? Is. Yeah, that is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I've done the caveat where you may not convert or include players from the roster that's not included on the sprue. So if you draw Dark Elf, you can't have a assassin, for instance. That's so just I, I, I like that. I think that's that's good as well. Yeah, it just means that this isn't this is just a little fun short term hobby and it was so random I didn't want to include advantages for having things like, like you can't intro, include like an ogre on a human team and stuff like that. Yeah, it basically keeps it as here's your sprue. You can build this. Uh, these you can use any of the players that are on your two sprues, uh, you know, with the with the build restrictions and you can't use other stuff. So basically it makes it as equally unequal across the board. Yeah, I'm fully open to you can use different miniatures as long as they represent the same models that you would have had on the sprue. That I'm, it's, it's totally fine for that. So yeah, we're not limiting it to Games Workshop models. It's just the Games Workshop sprues shows and you your player pool. Yeah, and there's no expectation there for you to then go. So this is the main reason you didn't want to include halflings and, and goblins at the beginning, wasn't it? Because you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, you, you can run a goblin, but then you have to go and find a troll, which is normally great fun but when you're doing a little mini hobby challenge yeah over christmas it's kind of like oh yeah here i've got goblins now i need to go and spend 20 pounds finding exactly. a troll and hoping it gets here in the next week yeah we really wanted to avoid that so having these three men where it's like what 12 quid for three it's yeah it's pretty yeah. good awesome really good um so i think that's really the main restrictions on it um obviously there's no duplicates because on the sprue, there is no, as in, well, some some of them do, like, you know, like Nurgle Warriors, um, but like Human Blitzes, you can only have one. So that limits a lot of the build options. Because there's only one on the sprue. Exactly. And I really love the minimum three player because um, mm. we, what is it for Bonehead Bowl? So Bonehead Bowl was our mixed teams tournament. Uh, we've got the next one coming up in May this year. So yep. really good. But yeah, the, there's a player restriction there as well, which is you need to have at least four players from both of your teams. So you can't just go, oh, yeah, I'm a dwarf halfling team with one halfling. No, no, no. Yeah. You, need, you need to take at least four players from that roster. And this way, it, you kind of force that little modelling opportunity of you're actually running a mixed team here. Exactly. It looks better. It feels, it's just fairer. It's, yeah. And to be a massive proponent of the game outside of the game, from a list building point of view, you know what they say, restriction breeds creativity. And that means that it affects your builds and you have to you have to theory craft and do some math hammer and try and figure out what the best build you can build is and what you fancy. Or you can literally just, you know, chuck as many players on as you can afford. <laughs> yeah, we really got into that, didn't we, beforehand? Just always oh, the best. I really enjoyed that little crunchy build up. Oh, it's so good. That's one of my favourite parts of tournaments and things like that is trying to right, not not minimax, but like the different opportunities. And I I toed and throwed on mine for several times before I figured out the build I was going to go with. I'm still not entirely set. So I built both the players I was toying between, which is <laughs> so I'm just going to paint them and then choose on the day. So yeah. we've gone through the build rules. And what we're going to do now is we're just going to quickly talk through who got what. So as Ben's already said, he got Nurgle and Orc. 
yeah, it's quite quite bashy. I'm I'm running um two warriors, a black orc, and a blitzer as my positionals. Oh wow! So three four three strength four guys, one yeah. with integral block. Okay, that's that is pretty tasty. Yeah, um, I, um, got... I think I've filled it up with two linemen and I think I, I think I'm two orc linemen and three Nurgle rotters. So I've got quite a lot of players. Well, this is the really cool thing about this mix and. <sighs> Well, the great thing about this little mini challenge is that each team kind of has its pros and cons. So the Nurgle, yeah, they don't have a lot of skill. They've got the strength on there, but you've got cheap linemen. So you can afford to get those positionals in because you can, you know, right, actually, I'll take a couple of rotters and essentially I'm saving myself 20k for other positionals. Exactly. And we've got a few prizes for most casualties and things. And for this tournament, just this tournament, I've been deciding to say the fouls count as casualties. I like that. I think you, we're kind of seeing a trend towards that with a lot of tournaments, actually. Oh, are we? Is it? Is it? Yeah, coming? yeah. It's, it's. I think it's just a bit easier to 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 contemplate. I mean, we saw it with our league where we've gone through team casualties, including anybody who gets casualtied by by you. You know, so whether it's a crowd surf, a foul, or a chainsaw. You know what? We're we're allowing the team to take the credit for the casualty. Yeah. And when it comes to tournaments, I think a lot are moving towards that as well because it's simpler and it's just it's just a little bit more fun. It's a it's a rule in the game, fouling. It's you know, yeah, it's be just another way to inflict casualties. Yeah. So um, you got the Nurgle Orc. I got yep. Dark Elf and Scave, and I'll talk about my build in a bit. Uh, Ian Warhanam Hanam got Human and Nurgle, which is cool. Yep. Uh, Milton got Human and Lizards. Sam got Chaos and Wood Elf, which Ooh, is that one is I'm watching out for that. Uh, is going to be damn damn punchy. Uh, Lewis got pro elves and halflings, so he was our first tree warrior. So yep. he's got so that's quite cool build. Um, elves and tree men and halflings, pretty fun. Um, Alex, he got undead and wood elf, which again is another really good little <laughs> yeah. mix. Yeah. Um, Simon got lizards and elves, again great. Uh, Nathan running dwarves and halflings, so our other tree men. So dwarves, halfling, trees, going to be a slow team. But not going to be short of armor and strength, which Absolutely. should, yeah, we should compensate. Basically, you're going to have halflings scoring all the touchdowns and dwarves just defending, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um. Right. Ben G two or Ben three got dark elf and dwarf, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Another another one. I think all the ones with elves and dwarf combo is the uh, the yeah. real scary. And uh, this one is also very scary. Dan picked. And he got Chaos and Skaven. Yeah. Another and, great choice. Yeah, another great, great combo. And Will got Orc and Undead, which I'm I'm thinking is, is also great. So the really funny thing is you're looking at all these lists and basically every single one of these is exciting. I yeah, think. they all look good. So Orc and Undead, you're like, oh, that's going to be punchy. Chaos and Skaven, you're thinking, oh, that could be cool. You know, you've got a lot of muscle. You've got a lot of speed. Dark Elf, Skaven, yeah, love it. Chaos and Wood Elf, yeah, punch, speed. Um, the ones with the halflings, though, they've actually we've actually had some good some good pulls. Elves and dwarves will, you know, they're both tier one. Well, actually, one's tier one, one's tier two. But you know, you can't go wrong with elves. They, they, there's enough balance there to make it a really interesting individual team. So all of these teams are different. There is no duplicate team. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve different mixed teams that we've got now out of this challenge and i mean there's so much variety there i have no idea what's going to do really really well no me neither i've no idea who's going to win 
could be anything. So, so the cool thing about this, and, and I know we were talking through the build a minute ago, but um, the way you've tiered the skills as well um, is kind of, it's it, honestly, it's kind of a mix between uh, how we ran sevens, uh, to do sewer bowl sevens last year and bonehead bowl, basically, which is you get a leader skill to give to anybody. It's just leader, whether it's a double or a regular, that guy, that guy gets leader. OK, yeah. Um, then for each team, depending on their tier, you get a normal or a double. So tier one teams get a normal and tier two teams get a double. That's tier two or three now because we've got halflings in there as well. So which is which is really, really cool. And then just one regular skill anyway. So every team gets a leader and a normal skill. And then depending on the tier of teams in there, you'll get an extra two skills that are either normal, 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 double, normal, double, you know, double, double, double. So you end up with a, with a kind of semi-balance of those teams that drew the tier two get the opportunity to use a double. Now, they're not restricted between the players at all, are they, Ben? No, so if you have a Wood Elf and a Chaos team, Chaos team gives you the double, but you can stick it on the Wood Elf positionals. Or you can chuck all those skills on all your Chaos players, assuming you've yep. got some four Chaos players to chuck on, which I like, because actually it is sevens. One skill adds a bit of character to the player, but does not make them absolutely crazy. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, so if, if you do want to take that double on a Chaos Warrior and give him Claw, that's fantastic, but he doesn't have block, so... You're taking a gamble. Yeah, and interestingly, I think we only had two teams with two tier twos. Uh, what have we got? We've got Human and Nurgle from Ian, yeah, which is normal double-double leader. And Elves and Halflings from Lewis, normal double-double leader tree man. Yeah, that, that's is... why I'm really quite scared of those, because Elves are already pretty good in sevens. I think if you had a sevens rank, I think Pro Elves might be tier one. I think Proel should be tier one, yeah. um, especially in sevens, like you say. But yeah, so he's got a couple of doubles, but then for elves, they don't need the doubles. No, they don't. So, you know, leader, you'll chuck on an elf, probably. Uh, you've got a double, where I'm, I'm, and that's it. If he's going to run the tree, does he use a regular to give a break tackle to save the mobility, or does he take the double on the tree and take block? Yeah, which is probably a good shout. I don't know. All I know is that when uh, when the halflings were being run in seven super series, they ended up with block and break tackle, and that was a fantastic combination. They yeah. started off with block, and it was just basically spent most of the time either punching their way through things or trying to um, to sprint around uh, blitz things. So I would be yeah, I think all right, double double on, double for the block on the tree man. I reckon Lewis, if you're listening, yeah, go for it. And, and for the love of goodness. For the love of Nuffle, take the Tree Man. It's such a great model. It's a great positional. And it does surprisingly well in sevens. Yeah, and they, again, the movement isn't... Slight, like, movement four and five isn't nearly as bad in sevens. Uh, well, no, exactly. But you know what? I've not actually seen dwarves played in sevens. So this will be the first time we kind of see this. And a dwarf Fine. halfling team. Yeah. And a dwarf dark elf team. It'll be interesting to see how they work out. I think they're going to play like weak black orcs, you know? Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think they're not going to be nearly the threat that they are. No, which I, I kind of really like. Um, (laughs) I do. I think it's going to be quite a fun thing. So uh, those are the builds. Those are the skills and those are the teams. So what is next, Ben? Um, That's a good point. What is next? Talk about some builds. 
Oh no! What's next is oh. what do we what do we do with the teams next? Oh, oh, um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So on the f- second week back um, of January, this is where the sort of hangover bowl theme comes from. It's it's the New Year's. Everyone's had a few drinks. Uh, everything's a little bit scrambled, like your teams, and we're just there to just have a laugh. It's it's no, no drinks involved because we are a decent club. Um, <laughs> yeah. but it's just that's the I, I think Ian came up with the name probably Ian wasn't it yeah um, the, way, the way it kind of fits into our local league is it's basically the Christmas Bowl which was our our, our minor league so for new teams is over yeah and now uh, the teams that are that are left or at least the remnants of the teams that are left especially if you're listening to the, the fluff behind my team um, get together with the rem- rem- with the remains of the other teams and they play a little mini sevens league try and get themselves jobs in the major league which is about to kick off for wobble that fits yes, in so. nicely with our kind of league story not that there is much of one but that's mm-hmm. probably the closest thing we've had so far uh, but yes so having the hangover of uh, the christmas bowl makes a lot of sense and yeah i think ian did name that <laughs> so yeah we've we just got a little, be... little one day well, it wasn't even a one day it was one evening seventh tournament one um, evening three games yeah three hours Back-to-back. which which we've done now twice at um the first tuesday of the month when we do touchdown tuesdays which is just this little sevens night that we run in a different different place because we don't have our regular place on the first tuesday of every month and three games of sevens in an evening is um is absolutely fine so yeah. you know even with uh even with some mixed teams and some extra skills because we do have three and a half four hours to play it should, shouldn't be a problem at all no, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's definitely doable. I know there's a few people new to sevens, but you know it's just blood bowl with left players. Ah, well, that's so. it. After you play three games, you're not new to sevens anymore. So, exactly. um, I heard that we have some prizes. Yeah, um, we've got. I don't think I've properly announced the first and second place prizes. I can't remember if I have. What I've done. Ooh, um, spo- am I spoiling things here for you now? No, no, no. I can announce it here. It's a good place in that Christmas day. Um. Yeah, so first place, it's 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 nothing too major. We've got a um, in, we've done, I've done some engraved uh, what's the word? Sort of alcoholic containers. <laughs> so the first place is a big old beer stein engraved with first place hangover bowl, um, and there'll be a twenty quid voucher to Darksphere, which is where. Oh all this from. wow! I mean, I knew I knew you got the stuff engraved. I didn't realise you had the uh, the. No, we've got some hobby prizes. People can make back their team cost if they win. <laughs> Um, that's the ultimate dream going infinite yeah not happy with your draw just win the day and you can cost buy it. another one go yeah. buy an ogre team yeah um yeah second place will get 10 um and a little whiskey tumbler with second place on um third place also gets a little whiskey tumbler um but there's no no price for third place just glory My, minor glory i don't know an engraved whiskey tumbler is a very cool little prize yeah they are quite cute i'm quite happy with how they came out over the moon when I saw you when you spoiled those pictures into the group. I thought that was great. That's such a great idea. It's quite an inexpensive way if you're doing it for a tournament as well. If you get cups, it's actually quite quite cheap. Yeah, and uh, and it was very thematic to go with yeah, the hangover bowl. Exactly. And so we've got I've changed the spot prizes. Well, they're not really spot private prizes, there's things like chocolate armor and most casualties, things like that. They're shop prizes. So you get a little shot glass, that's great. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, so you can uh, celebrate your chocolate armor with some with some shots. <laughs> no that's really really cool and what are you planning on doing with the last tree man 
Uh, the last three-man will be the best team award. So, as we said, they come in a pack of three. Two go away to the halfling players. And the third one will do an anonymous vote for favourite team in terms of, you know, fluff, painting, just uh, whichever one you find the most appealing. So this is it. Now, we've got Ian in this competition. And Ian, along with some of the other players, are some very, very good hobbyists. But yes. I, I'm, I'm going for best team. That's what I want. That's my goal. Yeah, I mean, it's looking good. It's looking good. Well, I glue some stuff together and, you know, I just know, just, it's cool. It's such a good little thing. So, yeah. So, Ben, just to, to wrap up on all the work you've done when it comes to Hangover Bowl, you've uh, managed to create a mini tournament with individual unique prizes and 12 individual teams, mixed teams. You've got 12 of our local players basically living the bonehead dream. Yeah, well, you set the bar high with all the tournaments last year. So we've got, we got, yeah, um, we've got Bonehead Bowl, which is mixed teams. You've got Sewer Bowl Seven, which is sevens. We love sevens. We love mixed teams. And you have managed to combine both of these together, organise it, and trick twelve of us into taking part. Oh, that's the bit I don't get. Is why, why on earth are twelve people interested in a crazy idea? Honestly, man, because twenty pounds to get a unique just a unique little cha- painting challenge over christmas and you know what even if half the guys don't build them what it's what it's done is it's create a cooler environment you've got some lists to build and let's face it most gamers love the idea of brewing lists so even with that limited pool of players there's a lot of different choices um i mean let's talk through yours so you're running humans excuse me you're running humans and nurgle yeah uh, orcs and nurgle oh orcs and nurgle that's a, sorry that's ian who's running human and nurgle. yeah yeah, it's um. So you had your fluff behind yours. I got some behind mine. So I've got the salty knobs. They're called. They're um. It's basically the the idea is it's an orc orc pirate ship that had some human slaves from a ship they raided. Um, they crashed. They beached. They were stranded. It was pretty deserted, like coastland. Um, they didn't really have anything to do to pass the time, so they just kicked a kicked a ball around, got into blood bowl. The humans, meanwhile, have forgotten about in the ship. You know, they crash. The orcs don't care. They uh, were pretty much <laughs> praying for, to any god to save them. Um, eventually, Nurgle gave them the gift of life. And uh, they, they emerged. And instead of fighting, which would have been silly, because it would have been just been them stranded on the island, they just joined in the fun. So kicked the ball around, and they formed a little team. Um, so, yeah, that's the salty knob. So I've got, uh, yeah, the leader is the black orc. He's a Captain Bad Rum. That's a great yeah. idea. Having a strength four armor nine guy, keep your leader reroll safe. Yeah, I think I'm gonna stick it on him. I'm, I'm debate. I, I might put it on the uh, just one of the orc linemen though, because they're usually less of a threat. Well, yeah, I suppose less less chance of them getting right in the thick of it. Yeah, so I think he'll be the leader in spirit, but the actual leader <laughs> reroll might go on a line. Um, yeah, uh, I've got block on that fella. Um, the Blitzer, the first mate, he will have dodge probably. Can't get wrong with blodge, using the double. Like yeah, use double. Yeah, no, the blodging black, uh, a blodging orc Blitzer is a great thing. Yeah, so that's that's one normal, one double. I think we've got another normal that we get for free. You so indeed. I've yeah. given kick to one of the orc linemen. Oh, kick is fantastic and that is a general skill, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah, don't worry. Good, yeah, that's good. a regular that's a single for your team yeah and that, that's the build and then they've got three rotters just to foul it's pretty much their job 
that's it. I mean, you're filling out the roster with the cheap guys. They're, they're the remainers of the crew. You know, it's yeah. very, very cool. It's a great little thing. And, it, and you know what? The greatest thing about that is it unlocks that little bit of a painting challenge for you, which is I got this mini team. I can try these new techniques, tie yeah. them all together. And when I'm done, I've got this cool little thing that doesn't take up a lot of space. And actually, I got to enjoy finishing or at least experimenting with with a purpose. That's exactly it. I'm, I'm debating doing an army in this scheme at some point in the future. So it's a nice <laughs> way to see if it's doable across a few it's, models. Yeah, no, I buy that's brilliant. So my Dark Elf Skaven team, which I was, like I said, very pleased to be picking up. Um, I'm going to be running a Dark Elf Blitzer, two Dark Elf linemen, Skaven Blitzer, a gutter runner, two Skaven linemen. And this was my real difficult choice was that last positional. Do I run a Dark Elf runner or a Skaven thrower? I think the runner. Well, yeah, I've gone with the runner in the end, but it was really it was really close for quite a while. There's only 10k difference in it. I can afford either way. Basically, it was do I take the Skaven guy who's got sure hands and pass, but he's edge three? Or do I take the runner who's got none of those skills, but edge four? And what I've done is I've taken the runner. I've given the Dark Elf Blitzer dodge because you know what? A blodging Dark Elf Blitzer is a mighty, mighty thing. Yeah. Um, I've given dodge to the runner as well because actually I'll come back to that. Leader on a Dark Elf lineman because they've got better armor than Skaven. And I've got kick on a Skaven lineman as well. Oh, I'm glad you went for kick. Kick is a very good skill in seven. Well, I'm hoping that I can kick it, get it close, get that gutter runner in there. I've got some good edge. I've got some good strikers. I've got some good dodge. Um, but yeah, the Dark Elf runner, the thing that swung it for me, and I was talking to uh, Rick, who's been on the show a couple of times, about this. I was like, Rick, I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do? He said, well, imagine the situation where you're, you know, trundling down the pitch at pace, going for the touchdown, and they manage to get a cheeky blitz on your runner, and he dumps off to a gutter runner. I was like, oh, oh, okay, Rick, I'm on board with this. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I'll give him dodge because actually it gets him out of trouble, and if they do make that blitz on him, he can make that quick throw, and he's got less chance of actually being pasted to the ground that way round. And you know what? With a bunch of edge four, so I've got one, two, three, four, five edge four players and one two three of them have dodge so if that runner does get hit I, I, I can probably afford to spread the field you know because they're all fast enough they've all got they're all dodging away on a two plus with a re-roll they you know i can probably just go around yeah that's like the thing with, with debating between the two they'll sort of end it up in my head when you you asked about it as well is the dark elf can pick up the ball throw the ball just ever so slightly worse than the thrower but the thrower can't dodge nearly as well or dump that's, off that's exactly it yeah. um same movement but actually the general maneuverability and i reckon dump off is going to come in handy because i don't know if i'm going to be able to defend um i reckon there will be at least one time where that does pay off and uh, yeah i don't think i just don't think you'd be able to sco- stop them scoring no i agree but the problem is, uh, will I have anyone left afterwards? <laughs> True. If I do get matched up against you, I will be. Oh, it's going to be like a a runner. absolutely Alan. horrific. Yeah, but that's OK. I've still got a bludgeon blitzer. I've got a True. dodge runner. You know, it should be good. I've got a lot of movement. So it's cool. It's a really unique challenge. Like, here's these two teams. Build something mighty. And I've given it a go. So I'm very much looking forward to 
playing out these games. Is there any team on there, Ben, that you were thinking, I would really rather not get paired up against that one? Honestly, and he's a great player. Dark Elf Dwarf. (laughs) Ben 3. That that will probably give me a hard time. Um, He can withstand my bash and just dance around my players. So I think it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting one that one. I think the key will be to take out the dark elves. The dark elves are on rate. Like the the dwarf the dwarves are expensive. So he's probably going to only end up with a seven player build. Um but they're all going to have armor eight or nine. Yep. So yeah, that's going to be a tough team to beat and you know which is the other one that I saw and thought oh that'll be fun you know what there's loads of them that that are going to be a very interesting challenge but sam our tombstone tournament champion uh and he came second in fubble wobble chaos and wood elf yeah he's going to pile that team to a good place i think well not only are we talking i knowing sam i reckon he's going to run both the warriors for that strength four. Oh, you got it yeah but the, the beastmen, so who are going to be the linemen, they're going to be blitzing at strength four. So it's going to be, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to fit the war dancer into the build, you know. Really? I feel like it's blasphemy oh, to take a wood elf well, team without a war dancer, right? I just don't know if he's going to be able to afford it. He is expensive. What is he, 120? 120. The warriors are 100. So it's going to be a tight build. Yeah. It's going to be tight. So that's that'll be interesting to see how that one runs out. So, yeah. yes, there are some very cool teams. We're going to be running a three-round evening. Um, you know what? Even if even if four players can't make it, but still eight players playing sevens. Three games of sevens with all these individual teams. Some great little prizes, Ben. You've done a superb job organising that. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Um, because I think that's just... It's so unique. And I hope we do the same thing next year. And I hope so too. I think maybe your Hangover Bowl could be a recurring thing, perhaps with a different theme each time. Well, different Keep theme. the Secret Santa sort of vibe, because I think that's... That's what drove it. And let's think, since Hangover, we've got Ogres have landed, and yep. we should be seeing a couple more teams next year. Uh, so it, that pool should be bigger, and either we'll fill it up with players again, like you managed this time, or actually a couple of teams won't be in there, and it will have a different meta. Yeah, yeah, that could be good. Which is really cool. Might not even be mixed, could be even something else. Well, that's probably. just disgraceful, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll probably be mixed. <laughs> so everybody out there listening um hopefully you're having a wonderful christmas day so far let us know your thoughts on this and let us know your thoughts on just mini challenges within a club because you know we said here's your two sprues here's a month we're gonna play a few games there's the best team there's the games and ben's done a great job organizing it so uh, yeah let us know your thoughts on that because i'm very excited yeah me too right let's have a look at our next topic So it's turning out to be a bit of a giant themed episode and we're now going to talk about our designer giant competition. So this was announced uh, back a little bit before our last episode. Um, it was when I did the the Ogre video review when I finally confirmed that we did in fact have a pitch ready to give away. Basically, um, we had a giant competition about designing a giant. The new rules in Spike 8 are which we talked about last episode are an insane amount of fun i love that they're exploring the design space with bigger models and they've set a pretty good template for ordinary giants but it's just one type of giant so i wanted to see what ideas people had for giants for use on other teams or with other miniatures or just with um 
something else going on in that giant genre, really. And so popped out a little competition, said, uh, hey, design us a giant. And uh, if you're the top winner, if you're the one we really like the best or, you know, it has been very, very close, you will win an ogre pitch, which we've got here. So uh, the design restrictions were the new rules for slave giants are out now, but it's just the same giant for everyone. We want to see your ideas for giant players using the new sports giant rules. Uh, Dates open until Thursday, the 19th of December at 8 p.m., which is a couple of hours gone now. And the winner announced on Christmas Day, episode 32, which you're listening to right now. The challenge. Let us know the stats, skills and cost. And if you fancy it, the background and model and purpose too. We'll pick our favourite entries, talk through them and determine the winner on episode 32. Uh, Yes, multiple entries are very much allowed. So those (laughs) were the very brief restrictions. And we have had a fantastic amount of responses. Let's have a look. Uh, there's yeah, 65, quite a yeah, 65 yeah. individual ones I've logged on here, but one of those at least has about 13 as part of the entry. So on the way to about 80 individual giant designs here, which was phenomenal. Yeah, it took a, took a while to get through them all, but we had a look. <laughs> <laughs> it did. And I've got to say, everybody out there, thank you so much. So much yeah. effort has gone into this. There's some absolutely fantastic ideas and I'm absolutely gutted. We're not even going to talk about, I reckon, half of the ones I want to talk about. Um, And there's just so much great ideas. And a couple of you did a superb job of absolutely hooning in the ideas. So Rich, you know, you know, Rich from the podcast. um, I think he was on his way to 10 different suggestions. Yeah, he was on fire. I think uh, slow day at work for Rich. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I reckon so. Actually, you know what? As soon as that was announced, he was straight on it. But yeah, then again, we, talk, we talked about this before, and he loves some of the models that are out there for Age of Sigma. So it did not surprise me that it took him about five seconds to absolutely ring off these great ideas. Um, and another one, Sean, who uh, runs Marnable and Birmingham Rule, did a superb job of one, coming up with a bunch of different entries. And also, he did a wonderful job of using alliteration which I apparently, which is something I've discovered about myself in the last year um, by running seven super series, I like alliteration. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I know. Surprise. Yeah. 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 So, Sean, uh, I think it was about half a dozen there, and like manacled manticore and, and things like that. Um, really good job. Some really, really good ideas in there as well. So, Ben, before we move on to some of our top picks, I've got a couple of honourable mentions. Have you got a couple of honourable mentions? Yeah, I do. I, I wanted to give one. Um, I think the first one I'll mention is, um, I think it was uh, Nick45. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Nick did a really, really awesome job where he really took this competition in a different way, where he created a whole backstory of his own sporting giant for a Skaven team. So he had the idea of the Rat King Giants, Born of Mischief, and he's he's written a lot. I'm not going to read it all out. It's it's a long paragraph, but I do recommend that Nick perhaps post it on the Facebook page or something for other people to read because it's, it's it's really good. Um, like give it its own its own post. I think it deserves it. It's it's all about like it. He's got dates. He's got characters in this story about how these these giants appeared, and it was just a really awesome thing to read. And it's nice to get people creating and engaging in the lore. So the Rat King Giants, his idea was, am I right? His idea was a bunch of Skaven basically get mange, get stuck together and form this big, massive, horrible mix of 
Skaven bits and pieces. Yeah, I think that I think that was the idea. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, um, oh, it's oh, all that's so cool. In order of appearance, these were Gormash the Chatterer, estimated yeah. between twelve and thirty-two Skaven. I am Throt, estimated between fifteen to twenty Skaven. And Babble Grimstabber, estimated between 10 to 18 Skaven. That is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, he did a really stellar job. He did. You know what? Oh, I really want to take all my spare players and, and build one of them. <laughs> I think it would look phenomenal. You know, you just get a box it of clan look... rats, cover them That's with a give them a shake. Yeah, I do. I've got, <laughs> I've got 40 clan rats actually kicking around somewhere. There you go. Stick it in the tumble dryer. Chuck it in the tumble dryer. Microwave for 15 to 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that's absolutely fantastic. Great effort. Um, oh, yeah. Really, really, really cool. So I've got a couple of little honourable mentions. First of all, my fiance, bless her heart, Tiff, uh, made a <laughs> made a great little submission. Um, bless her. She, her exact words were, I have no idea what a blood bowl giant is. But her suggestion was Baby Yoda Giant. And for skills, she's literally just put chicken tendies. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm on board for that skill. Um, I'm not going to lie. When you when you, when you you randomly message saying, what was it? LMAO Tiff's entry. Yeah. I did send her a screenshot of that. She, she was like, oh, it's made my day. So, yes, Tiff, thank you so much for entering. She was like, well, I hope if, if, I, if I win, you can you can have the prize. Um the really funny thing is that she doesn't know I actually bought two ogre pitches. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> got <the> prize. <laughs> yeah. I might just say she came in second, give her that pitch and hope she's very kindly giving it back. Um, yeah. Well, so that was one of my honorable mentions. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah. So I've um, also chosen. Sorry, where was it on the list? No, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, Nick Hansen. He oh, was honorable mention. This was cool. Yeah, he had a. Was it just the one good design or a couple of good designs? I know he had a couple. He had a couple. Yeah. But the one I the one I chose was Gorilla Rex. Um, so he costs three hundred ninety k. Yeah. Six strength six, edge one, av ten. So he's I think not quite as strong as the giant, but no, faster. no. So he's dropped his strength from the regular giant. Yeah. But he's movement six, which is. Oh, is the movement is the giant movement six? Yeah, I think the giant's yeah, movement six anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got uh, extra arms, which is interesting. Grab, guard, loner, mighty blow, multiple blocks, stand firm, and sporting giant. He's also done teams playing for Amazons and Simeon. I like the little secret team coming in there. Yeah, I mean, depending on how you feel about Simeons, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a very cool one. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's given a he's given a bit of a he's actually got some some design thoughts. So we can we can read this out and elaborate. So it's a support piece. He's there to make the rest of the team stronger. Um, guard is a very powerful skill. It is. Especially on two by two, um, so he's reduced its strength to six to balance it. Still strong to use multiple block against average strength teams. Grab is thematic and works with a team, which it does. I, I, I'm a big fan of grab. Um, yeah, it's did well in the tournament. Uh, extra arms doesn't really do anything, but you know, you reduce it to add one to make sure it didn't. It's just there for flavour. Um, yeah, you never know. You get an interception on a five plus, can you? Does it work like that? <laughs> I think that's still a six. Um, still a six. Okay. Still a six. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, he's 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 done a great job. Um, I do really like the design thought. So he's put there uh, extra arms. All the players on the Simeon team have extra arm, 
that allows me to justify the skill combination of grab guard, multiple block and stand verb in his own mind. Yeah. Um, and I just so straight off the bat, I love that this one has guard and he's put there actually guard for something that has a bigger base area is really interesting. really interesting. Yeah, it is. And it's it's something which is, you know, it's, it's quite good that it's an inducement and not a player because you see that oh. often. Absolutely. I'm not sure if multiple block and grab work together, but I can't remember. I don't think they don't. I uh, don't. Do they? I can't remember. No, I think it's probably fine, but that's that's quite cool as well. And it makes sense. He's got the multiple arms. He's blocking a guy, pushing him aside, blocking a guy, pushing him aside. He's yeah. got that presence and the arms there that he's stuck on something. He's not going to get moved back, but also he's got that support, uh, which makes all the other players around him stronger. So that was a very solid entry. Really liked that one from Nick. And I, I just appreciate the design thoughts behind it as well. It's, it's good. No, no, ab- absolutely, absolutely. Um, I've only got, I've got a couple of other little ones to talk about. Uh, one of them's mine, and one of them's kind of linked. So Steve Mayer, uh, who actually we gave a little Christmas shout out to at the beginning of the episode, designed this one, which is one of my favourites, but not quite in my top few. Uh, so Goblin Tank, four hundred and fifty thousand. Um, first of all, I love tanks. Love the tank museum. Love tanks. Love it. Great. Love goblins. So this is awesome. Um, four seven one ten. So two points movement slower than a regular giant. Uh, loner. Break tackle. Strong arm. Throw teammate. Amazing. Thick skull. Secret weapon. Mighty blow. Bombardier. No hands. Stand firm. And nerves of steel. Is that so, all? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No. So this is really cool. So tired of feeling squishily. Uh, tired of feeling squishy one smart goblin decided to take a lesson from the dwarves and put a goblin twist on it designed to do two things fire goblins and make tracks this thing does its job until a ref can get a handle on it so it is more expensive than a giant but has the bombardier skill it has strong arm which i'm not sure actually helps with bombardier but still it will help with three teammate and has got nerves of steel as well so this thing drives around and will just either throw a goblin or throw a bomb and then yeah. get sent off because it's a secret weapon. So it's such I a think funny idea. It's such a good, such a cool idea. I really love it. And um, Ben, you, can you think of any models where you could use for for a goblin tank? Goblin tank? Uh, the grot tanks could work. Oh, definitely grot tanks. They're quite little, though. Maybe the, the, the mega tank, but that's a bit big. Oh, is that the big one you've got? Yeah, the big ship-looking thing. Oh, that's a shame. So, so we kind of need. Would the goblin tank fit with the? I think a grot tank would actually be good. I think I think they might be on fifty mil bases actually. Well, there you go. The giant. We're looking at sixty to seventy mil base. So you know, could be quite cool. I love that one from Steve, and it kind of ties into now. Ben, you've made an entry, and we are going to talk about that. There's no, there's no escaping. I don't think we should then. So uh, I'm not sure if this was before Ben realised he was going to be on the show for this episode or not, but Ben did uh, try and push the boundaries as much as possible and uh, chucked up a suggestion there for a Lehman Russ Executioner battle tank as an option. Yeah, so I think the design behind this was that, you know, (laughs) I think you said you said yourself Blood Bowl was missing tanks and, you know, I think it could work. It's um, I think it's fair. It's balanced. I think it was armour 17 Um, or something like that. It yeah, was um, armor, armor 16, 750k, yeah. strength 10, um, yeah. and you know it's got a secret weapon which I approve of, and uh, of course everyone's favourite skill, 
the Executioner Pattern Plasma Destroyer. Um, yeah, I think it's <laughs> yeah, I think there's, there's a few rules, pages of rules um, for that one, but it's it's quite balanced actually. So it, you know, disappointingly, because you're on the show, you're not eligible to win. But otherwise, that would have been a really good, really good one up there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it, yeah, I had hopes. <laughs> I love it. So the one I put together, and this is when I was thinking about the rules and and what we could do with them, is the Killdozer. So this is mentioned in some fluff from back in second edition. Uh, I don't know, didn't I put it on there? I did. So uh, the arch rivals of the dwarf giants, the Warhammerers are most interesting to us because of their perpetual insistence in breaking the rules in the most obvious and flamboyant ways. Their use of explosives and high-caliber breech-loading cannons as part of their passing play is just one point. These guys are playing dangerous. What's worse, they don't know when to stop, which is when accidents always seem to happen. Here we go. In the Blood Bowl final, only two years ago, uh, the Warhammers were 2 nil up against the Champions of Death when their legendary trio of blitzers... No, 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 no. Oh, that's about them blowing stuff up. Here we go. Just last year, the team was suspended from three games for illegal use of a bulldozer. And there's a great little bit of art there. And basically, my idea for this was the killdozer. So movement two, strength nine, edge one, armor ten. Bonehead. Not even dwarf war machines always work. Juggernaut. It's still a killdozer. Mighty yep. blow. Put in the killer and killdozer. Dirty player. It's going to run stuff over. Sporting giant. Movement two, but it's got sprint. So I've chucked sprint on there. So it's movement two, but you can take up to three go for it. Uh, this thing probably should have break tackle. But um, the, the key for me is I thought, what would happen if you put ball and chain on a giant? Yeah, it's an interesting thought. Because, you know, you've got that random movement. So I can see this dwarf bulldozer just chugging along in a semi-random direction just destroying things as it goes along and that three go for it's from sprint how bloodthirsty are you do you redline it and risk it exploding um i just thought the ball and chain on a giant model it could be real interesting yeah how, how would you move it with the throne template oh you, it just chooses the direction doesn't it either you go just diagonally the... left straight up forward or not but because okay, the way that... i know they had the d8 scattered didn't they or like the yeah, but no, it was a was it 16 d16 scatter? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, if they drops the ball, but yeah. um, yeah, but but basically, what it means is you're moving forward in a round direction and you're making blocks on both players that you're moving into, which is quite cool. Yeah, could do some damage to your own guys with that. And there was one other person that did pick up on that, which was uh, Thor, uh, who designed a big boulder, um, six, seven, one, ten, ball and chain loner. Mighty Blow, Thick Skull, Sporting Giant, Stand Firm. Plays for any team that likes boulders. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was really quite cool. Uh, right. that That's all my honourable mentions, although there were, you know, nearly a hundred ones worth mentioning, which is very cool. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. So, shall we go on to some of our very top picks, Ben? Yes, the finalists. So... I think Go the first it. mention from me will be the Whomping Willow. Oh, I love from this Andreas Sprickman. So I, I really like this idea. It's it's a unique take on the giant. It doesn't move. It's got movement zero. Okay. Um, strength six, edge three, and armor fourteen. And we'll get into that. Um, it costs four hundred k. So mostly to bribe the stadium owner to plant one. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, so it comes with loner, tentacles, yes, yeah, so here we go, tentacles, prehensile tail, 
guard, multiple block, tackle, diving catch, jump up, throw teammate, always rooted, as in can never not be take rooted, iron bark and sporting giant. So iron bark ignores claws. Because okay, like armor 14, that. yeah, claws could just get through that. Basically, it's a massive permanent tree. Yeah, he's he said nobody will knock out a tree that size because who would punch a tree? Um, a giant. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, a killdozer. <laughs> killdozer would. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and yeah, always rooted. So he, he set up before the kicking team of the first driver set up. The player can't be moved by any means and will not leave the pitch or its starting location for the whole game. He can still be knocked down and then loses his tackle zone. But it's got to jump up. It does have jump up, so it can just come straight back up. So Which I love the design. Very clever bit of design there. Yeah. Okay, so this is the one thing Willow from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Essentially, yeah. But it Ten- is. <laughs> t- tentacles, prehensile tail. Yeah. Uh, so that's just absolutely wrecking everybody's day. It grabs hold of them. They can't do anything. They can't get out, yeah. Like, tackle, again, can't get away. Guard, making it hard. You know, basically it's distracting the enemy players that are in base exactly. contact with this tree. Love that. Iron Bart makes a lot of sense. Always rooted. Right. I'd love to talk about that real quick. Always rooted. So the player has to be set up before the kicking team with the first drive. So basically he's the first model. He gets deployed regardless of who's kicking, who's receiving. And it stays on there. stays in that exact location for the entire game. Yeah. Now we were discussing recently about Blood Bowl terrain. Absolutely. So Andreas has put together a couple of very clever rules for just factional terrain on the blood bowl pitch yeah which i cannot tell you that excites me even more than blood bowl tanks <laughs> although blood yeah. bowl tank terrain well absolutely no ben that is such a great pick because that is such a cool player type yeah um, and thanks andreas for sharing that it's it's a really unique take on the on the challenge so yeah. i take it you, you plonk him right in the middle on the line probably and, oh just horrible well you could put him near a sideline even just one square out and uh and then just cage up on the other side that's exactly you're it. basically just re- of... removing the entire sideline on that side of the pitch yeah oh that is very impressive i really like that one yeah really too. like that one so um eeny meeny miny i've got i've got two here to mention and i think we're gonna go for this one so chris coles uh pop this one over to us quarter pounder and wood chopper so i will go through the story first um runts get into everything and cause lots of mischief once during an exhibition game the ogre team the granite bay all-stars were playing in a particularly remote location against the wood elf team tree and easy uh it was not going well for the ogres the war dancers were practically ogre-sized themselves during a particularly disastrous first half, all of the ogres for the All-Stars were injured and only the runts were left on the team. Scrambling around and looking for ways not to get repeatedly beaten up on the pitch, they searched the surrounding woodland. Stumbling across the local lumber mill, they discovered the Woodchopper 5000. One particularly brave runt called Quarter Pounder, which is an amazing name for a snotling, uh, pressed the big red start button and the beast roared to life. Mechanical legs stomping the ground and the mighty chainsaws cutting the air with a whoop of exhilaration, he piloted it back onto the blood bowl pitch. Needless to say, the referees uh, immediately fled the pitch to get reinforcements and the Wood Elves shrunk back in horror. Before the final whistle blew, as the ref came out from behind the stands, 
Tree and Easy were decimated in a spectacularly bloody encounter, and Quarter Pounder and Wood Chipper become legend. That backstory, fantastic. Yes, so, so good. So he's put the model. A model for this could be a killer can with two combat weapons, or I imagine an Alien 2 servo loader type of style of machine, um, which I think is absolutely cool. So let's, yeah. have a look at the, yeah. let's have a look at the rules for this one now. We're getting a lot of goblin machines in this, which I think is very, very, very cool bit of design. Yeah. Uh, right, so quarter pounder and wood chopper, uh, six, seven, two, ten, which I think is the same stats as a giant. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Giant's two. Yeah. Uh, maybe there might be armor nine, you know. Um, but yeah, this guy is skills, no hands, due to chainsaw hands. Chainsaw, because giant chainsaw hands. Uh, multiple block, two chainsaw hands. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm, loving point home. I'm loving this, Chris. Right. Loner, obviously. Uh, sporting rules, uh, sporting giant, standard rules. Stand firm, you try pushing a few tons of scrap metal around. Bonehead, piloted by runts. Yeah, no, tick, tick, Chris. Uh, foul appearance. I'd be scared of a huge mechanical thing trying to saw my legs off. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Secret weapon. Uh, the ref would never allow such a mechanical monster to stay on for long. Mechanical nightmare. Due to the confusing controls inside and the fact it's being piloted by a runt, successful bonehead rolls must be re-rolled. <laughs> which, which is cool. Um, <laughs> that is a unique, so, unique roll. That's not a, it's not a bad, that's actually quite a clever little rule. You're not yeah. adding rules, you're just kind of making the bonehead roll a little tougher. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, love it. That, that, that was the design for that. So first of all, I love the killer cam model from 40k. The idea of running one on a blood ball pitch, um, especially on an ogre team. Uh, oh no, I know what I'm buying for Christmas now. Um, <laughs> God, so much modelling out of this. So I, 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 I love this design. I thought... <laughs> absolutely brilliant um the so i uh, didn't put a, didn't put a cost on it so i'm assuming it's 400 but um secret weapon obviously makes it very very tricky but yeah chris yeah superb design work there love that one yeah thanks chris okay do you want to hit your second one ben yep so my second place personal second place is um the uh, abbey rose ward with nurgle slug yeah, this one was great. I really like the little tagline of uh, when they said huge gross foot. I wasn't expecting a lesson in Lyme ecology um, by Jim. Yeah, so, so it was a classic Blood Bowl 2 little tagline. Before we move on, Abby did actually, I think she won our halfling pitch competition. Yeah. Uh, and you know what, Abby, you get extra points for using a gym quote already. Yeah, of course. Um, so this is 500,000. So quite expensive. Yeah. Pretty really damn expensive. Um Three, six, one, ten for stats. So slower, but a bit tougher. Yep. Uh, loner, really stupid. Again, tentacles. Um, disturbing presence, foul appearance, no hands, mighty blow, Nurgle's rot. So it's essentially a beast of Nurgle. It is a massive beast of Nurgle. So yes. However, it's got an extra skill called Slime Trail. And this is where I really enjoyed this. So Slime Trail is mark each square over which the Nurgle slug moves with the provided green slime tiles. So you can get a bit of... You know, box design in there. Um, I love pretend that. they came with a mini. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Until the start of your next turn, all players, including your own, must make a dodge roll at their base agility to pass through a space with a green tile. If the player passes the dodge roll, they continue moving as normal. If they fail, they fall in the square they were trying to pass through. Remove that tile and roll armor and injury as normal. 
At the start of your next turn, remove all the tiles. And then when it moves again, you replace them. So I, I did really enjoy that um, idea of you sort of creating tackle zones as you move. Temporary tackle zones. And you know really what? So it's, it's only movement three. So it's not yep. going to make a huge amount of tokens unless you are absolutely going for it like a beast of Nurgle. But yeah, yeah I, you're right. That is such a beautiful little design. Um, yeah. That's, that's such a great idea. Yeah, she's there to be a nuisance. Absolutely. There to be a nuisance. I mean, Beasts of Nurgle are great. They're not the best big guy by a long shot, but actually when you put them on the line, you know, that strength and everything like that. And this one now is running strength six with... Mo- Has it got multiple block? It doesn't have multiple block. No, that's true. But Maybe it should. I think it probably should. Just Especially at five Well, that's exactly it. Um, I love that they got a little bit of fluff on there as well. Yeah, so they come, they start off as tiny mundane menaces that erect the cabbage farms of many a Bretonian peasant. If a slug is particularly adept at terrorising the average mortal, eats a prized vegetable, leaves slime in a work boot, lays eggs in your signal crystal so Cabal Vision doesn't come through right, <laughs> then Papa Nurgle may choose to bless them with his rotten vegetables from his own garden. After feasting on these vegetables and bountiful compost Nurgle has offered, the slug will grow to colossal proportions, ripe and ready to bulldoze both greenhouses and unfortunate Blood Bowl players. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I always love a bit of fluff. And yeah, that's, that's, really good. that's great. And um, the picture yeah. is quite fun too. Yeah, yeah. Um, where's that picture from? Um, I can't remember. But no, it, it looks like a D&D kind of picture. It does, so all of these, I think almost all of these were just in one of the Facebook threads. So if you wanted to have a look, follow our page yeah. and find the giant competition one and you can read all of them and, and have a look at some of the pictures that the guys have chucked in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I will probably amend on this character if it was to become a thing and this player would be Nurgle's Rot. It says it affects your own team, I'd say, unless you're Nurgle. Because so, I think Nurgle should be able to move through Nurgle's Rot quite happily. Nurgle's Rot? Where? Hey, what? Huh? So, uh, slime, the slime trail. It says oh, you need to it. make a dodge, even your own players need to make a dodge roll through it. I think, oh, I I think Nurgle could ignore that. Because they just traipse through it. They just, yeah, they'll swim through that. I like that. I like the idea of introducing little slime tokens on there. I think that's quite fun. Yeah, perfect. Okie dokie. So my second top call is actually by Ian Warhanam-Hanam. And I think I think it's great design, but he's also tugged in my heartstrings here. No, it's not another tank, but it is the Giants of Albion. Now, I think I've talked about this a couple of times in the podcast. The Albion campaign for Warhammer was just one of my favourite settings. It's just on a horrible, horrible island. You've got Ben Beasts, you've got Giants, you've got Mist, you've got British weather. Uh, it's just it's just a great setting. And there were a couple of ogres that came from Albion that were dogs of war back in the day. So they were regiments of renown. You could hire them as mercenaries for your Warhammer armies in Warhammer. And there, were, there was this one set that was two giants and a druid. And the giants were called... Uh, oh, I can't remember what they were called, but he's based based this character design, these characters, on this. So the Brothers Dim, Giants of Albion, 650k, and that's 650k for two giants. So he's pushed it a bit. So we've got two different ones that come as a team. So Golgo, the first one, uh, 6629, so a bit weaker, um, which is because there's two of them. Uh, this one is Always Hungry. Bonehead, Juggernaut, Loner, Mighty Blow, Multiple Block, Sporting Giant, Throw Teammate, and Stuff in My... Dot, dot, dot. 
okay so <laughs> use your imagination go. for that one yeah so this one stuffs things away so stuff in my as a special skill uh with his mind ever on his next meal golgo knows both ham golgo knows how to both have his player and eat it instead of tenderizing his unfortunate victim there and then golgo may instead try to stash them in an unmentionable place for later when a player with the skill performs a block action they may declare they will try and stuff their target somewhere unpleasant the target of this block is treated as having plus two strength in the same way as being blocked by multiple block. If the block results in the target player being knocked down, but not as part of a both down result, instead of making an armor roll, the target of the block must pass an unmodified agility test or end up in a bag or worse. If this roll has failed, the player is immediately placed in the reserves box as they spend the remainder of the drive fighting their way free. If the test is passed, the player remains on the pitch uh, in the knockdown position. No injury roll is made. Uh, this skill may only be used against a player with strength three or less. This skill may not be used in conjunction with multiple block. So one of your giants likes to stash players away. So it's an interesting one because you can do multiple block, do it normal, just try and, you know, murderize people. Or you can just pick on one guy and um, hopefully you can just basically remove him for the rest of the drive immediately. Yeah, it's... Uh... It did make me laugh. It was it's just a really great idea. I think he's taken inspiration from the Ale Guzzler Gargan as well. Or, Absolutely. You know, they does something similar in Warhammer. Yeah. yeah. And in the Warhammer days, they, the Giants, this is what they worked for as well. But because okay. there's there's a second one, there's Bolgo, who is 6629 again. Always hungry, bonehead, juggernaut, loner, mighty blow, multiple block, sporting giant, throw teammate, and hurl boulder. And this bit I really liked. So hurl boulder. Uh, hurl boulder the pitches of albion are littered with jagged rocks and standing stones which albion is uh the giants of the isles have perfected the art of hurling large chunks of earth and boulders at their opposition and often their own players bolgo may attempt to rip up part of the pitch or surrounding stands including spectators and hurl them in the same manner as a bombardier throwing a bomb with the following exceptions a whole boulder may never be caught or intercepted and a modifier of plus one is applied to all armor rolls made against knockdown players if the boulder landed in that player's square, including as a result of a fumble. So basically, it becomes a bombardier throwing bits of the pitch with that have mighty blow. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's pretty mental. It is really cool. I absolutely love that idea. Um, and on the throwing rocks thing, that was actually one of one of Rich's uh really good ideas as well was yeah using the cygor or something yeah like the cygor who is yeah. modeled with this massive rock he had a very similar rule for that which was uh it's like a fireball except it has a massive area of effect um so yeah so ian that's fantastic two of my favorite characters from from actual warhammer and just the idea of actually taking for one inducement two giants that work together and they work slightly differently you've got basically a bombardier giant and a giant with a hoarding problem. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Absolutely think it's brilliant. So that covers some of our top choices. But are you in agreement with it, with me on this one, Ben? Yeah, I am. I don't think I couldn't be. So while we had some fantastic entries with some absolutely awesome design ideas and loads of effort put in by a lot of people, we do have a winner and um, we were prepared to do a roll off, but actually we talked it through and it's close. But the winner of our competition and therefore of our ogre pitch is going to be Robert Williams Day 
um, who's actually a friend of the podcast, Rob, over in Wales. He runs North Wales Carnage Cup and the Secret Carnage Cup as well. And basically what Rob has done is he's put together one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen different giants together in in his own spike magazine, basically, called Sporting Giants, when giants stride the gridiron, smash and grab. And basically, from the from what, what Rob started to do is off the back of this competition is make a giants rules supplement for Blood Bowl. It's so good. I, I just was stunned when, when you showed me this. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how quick. I think Rob makes Spike magazines quicker than Windsor Chog makes Giants. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's impressive. So, exactly. So what we've got here, and Rob, even as part of his entry, was like, hey, I put this together. I'm going to release it as soon as I'm happy with it as well, because it's, it's such a great thing. Uh, with the release of Spike Journal 8, Ogre's, uh, my mind naturally turned to fitting giants into the tournaments I run. I quickly decided the North Wales Carnage Cup and uh, Gauntlet of Throwdown were not the place, but Secret Carnage might be. Secret Carnage is a celebration of all things creative, and these giant rules seem to fit that. Uh, giants are a giant is well a giant canvas for creativity. To get the most out of such a stupid plan, there should be as wide range of giants as possible, um, including other creatures like Ragnarok spiders or all sorts so basically he's he's put he's put a load uh, a load of great ideas together my thoughts um i was putting together when i saw the bonehead podcaster running a giant design competition so what you're seeing here is a combination of what he wanted to do and basically trying to win the competition and he's done a super job so part of this and i know he's going to share this with people because he said he will um is in there if you've got ideas email them over to him as i think he's probably going to go through our competition and talk to some people to see if he can rob their ideas but he's got rules for a slave giant bone giant a troll king um a giant spider chaos giant squig the giant squig uh the glockkin vermin lord help 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 it abomination cockatrice tree lord hydra griffin um the triceratops thing from lizards and a steam tank. So he did manage to get a tank in there as well. Um, got to have the tank. He's got a couple of great special rules here as well. So there's Thunder Stomp, which basically... Uh, what a, basically the whole... Yeah, yeah, the model itself kind of becomes a fireball. Um, flying Leap. And he's got model suggestions for all of these. So the Troll King, uh, the Dankhold Trog Boss. You've got the steam tank. The cockatrice model. He's got. I like the cockatrice. I've got my eye on that one. Okay, let's let's have a quick look at the let's have a quick look at the cockatrice then. So the greater cockatrice, five hundred k movement five, so a little bit slower. Strength eight, so a little bit tougher. Agility three. Um, so bonehead, juggernaut, loner, no hands, mighty blow, multiple block, regeneration, sporting giant, and we've got. Hypnotic Gaze, which makes sense for a cockatrice. All-round Threat, Flying Leap, and Thunder Stomp. So Flying Leap, I think, is very simple. Uh, uh, <laughs> this this I loved as well. It yeah. said that Wizards have experimented with a flying version of Blood Bowl with seven players, four balls, and some weird hoops. 
This overly complex game will never take off. The <laughs> uh, has decreed that flying is strictly prohibitive. Flying creatures commonly have their flight feathers clipped, um, so they can, but they can still leap great distances. All creatures with this skill may be removed from the board and replaced. No square of its base may be more than four squares further away than its original start position. On landing, it's got to make an agility test, uh, plus three edge, minus one for tackle zone. Uh, if it's failed, it lands prone, make an armor roll, um, and it uses two points. So basically, it and uses two points of movement and may be used as part of a blitz. So basically, it has a, it has a super leap, yeah. um, which it can go up to four squares instead of two, but it only uses two points of movement and you can still blitz. So basically, this massive cockatrice flaps around, jumping around, um, which, yeah, is, is such a cool idea. And it's also got Thunder Stomp, which is when it lands, players around it get knocked over on a five plus, is it? No, uh, I've, I've just made that up. Uh, for each player in the 12 squares surrounding a giant, roll a dice. On a two up, they're placed prone, no armor rolls made. Then roll two dice for the giant, and on a double, the giant themselves fall. On a double six, the whole stadium is rocked to its foundations. Um, the crowded stand crumbles as shockwaves crash over the pitch. Roll for each player on the pitch and on a five plus their place prone. And then re-roll fame to work out how many fans survived. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that. It's just so much. Like, giants would be doing this, wouldn't they? They'd be... They'd be wrecking everything. The ground, yeah. It's Absolutely brilliant. Basically like a pitch invasion, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. So he's got background on the cockatrice. Suggested miniature. The Games Workshop do the Cockatrice. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the build. TT Combat has one as part of a Kickstarter. Uh, and there's some other models out there as well. So giant Cockatrice. So he's even got inducements and stadiums in there. Um, there's a giant Wrangler. 0 to 1, 100k. Once per drive, a giant Wrangler lets you re-roll a failed bonehead, really stupid wild animal. Bloodlust, take root, or always hungry. In addition, giants recover from being KO'd on a 3+. And yeah, so absolutely incredible. He's even put together giant teams, uh, which is which is new. So you've got giant pokers, you've got Nord four giants, and uh, a bull giant, which is an even bigger giant. So yeah, I he just went above and beyond. Absolutely smashed it, and I'm really excited that he's going to be putting this together with some of the other ideas that have been bandied around. Um, so we're looking for kill dozers here, Rob. And uh, release that as like a as like a tournament, um, not expansion, but a tournament supplement, um, so that people can just go absolutely nuts with giants and have a great starting place for giant rules. So Rob, incredible job, well done, thank you very much. Um, let me know as soon as I can share those rules, and I will say this to everyone else who took part in this competition. Thank you so much for your great ideas, and let me know if I can share your rules as well because. They are, there's just some phenomenally brilliant ideas there. And I cannot lie, I want to get a bunch of them onto our YouTube channel um, to just just try and expand what we can do with giants as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, because I think I want to run two giants in a a sevens game somehow. (laughs) Uh, We can can make up some rules for that. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. So happy with that one, Ben? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well done, Rob. And well done, everybody else. That was absolutely yeah. incredible. Giant effort. Thank you very much. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I think we've actually got some more giant stuff to talk about in a minute. So um, we'll take a quick break and we'll start talking through the next topic.
So this is the point where we would normally talk about the star player of the episode. And we are technically going to talk about a couple of star players, but Giants. We're going to talk about who came closest. So we now got official Games Workshop rules for Giants, but we've had Giants in Fumble Secret Leagues for a while. So we're going to have a quick look and see who came closest. So we've got Quasimana the Gentle Giant from the Stunty League. We've got Thundershout Gristle Nasher, also from the Stunty League. Now, we've spoken about that player before. Yeah. Um, or the Giants from the Giant team in the Fumble Secret League. So we're going to have a look at the three different types of Giants that have already been out there for a few years. We're going to see who came closest, basically. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's start at the top. So we've got Quasimano, the Gentle Giant, uh, which is from the Stunty League, can be taken by the Albion Fae, the Gnome, Pygmy or Skink teams. This chap is 280. Or a movement four, strength six, edge one, armor nine, giant. Okay, so got the armor right. <laughs> yeah, not so bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lona block, fan favorite, grab, fix skull, throw teammate. So fan favorite because that's one we don't see often. Basically, when he's on the pitch, if your team counts as having an extra plus one fame. Okay. Um, essentially, so like for winning kickoff tables and things like that. I think there's a goblin player who does that, isn't there? Yeah, the hooligan yeah, does that. So the gentle giant here, he's got the strength, um, um, but otherwise, as far as skills go, completely different set. Um, none of the regular ones there. So let's have a look at Thundershout. So Thundershout, Gristle Nasher, uh, Chaos Halfling, Eshin, Noblar, Goblin Cheaters, Horrors of Zinch, Nurglings, Scryer Slaves, Snotling, Squig Herder teams. Just reading out the names excites me for <laughs> these oh, man. Stunted Secret teams. Oh, well, if you're interested in that, on the 22nd of February next year, the Manuel Stunty Cup in Birmingham is all Stunty League teams. So I'm heading on up. In fact, we're sponsoring it. I've got uh, Sevens pitch on, on to give away and a Ogre team to give away as well because uh, I've been to the last couple and it's been such great fun. It's actually run by Sean who popped in a load of entries to our competition as well. That's right, I'm on to that. Oh, great fun. It's two weeks after Beachhead, so I'm having a very blood bowly month. But Tiff's That's working good. both those days, so why not? Um, <laughs> right, so Thundershout, Gristle Nash, we've spoken about before. 300k, movement 5, strength 6 again. Uh, Adge 2, armor 9 again. So skills-wise, loner, always hungry, bonehead, mighty blow, multiple block, stand firm, fix skull, and throw teammate. So bonehead, multiple, uh, bonehead, mighty blow, multiple block, stand firm, and throw teammate, and loner. So that's, what, six, six skills that are bang on for the giant rules. Yeah, I wonder if they, if they looked at this guy and when they coming up with them you know what it wouldn't surprise me i mean what is it they say um copying things is nice thing to do i'm sure there's a better way of saying that wasn't <laughs> what is it Let's go with that. Uh, yeah copying is the, the highest form of flattery or something uh, and, yeah yeah, yeah. So, imitation but, i think is the uh well that's 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 better that, that yeah yeah uh, i feel like i went full bonehead then um <laughs> yeah so looking at the proper giant or the new giant we've got always hungry Bonehead, uh, loner, multiple block, mighty blow, stand firm, throw teammate. So the only thing missing is Juggernaut. Full stop. Yeah. Juggernaut and the fact it takes up four squares. Yes. Yeah. Which I do, funnily enough, this exact character, I remember Ian at the 
Team Sim tournament brought him along, and he asked if you could put him on for Square, a four Square base. Yeah, this has definitely been something that's been brewing, and the I say I want to say the community. It might literally just be me and a few people I know have been Maybe. clamoring for because it was in second, and it might be a terrible. It might just be terrible, but it's just a very exciting thought. So Thundershout is ahead of the curve right now. He's got the skills right, apart from being a little bit weaker. Not bad at all. So now we've got the giant team, which is from the Fumble Secret Leagues. Um, so it's quite a cool team. You've got Nord to 16 Pixies, uh, which are 7136, Stunty Right Stuff, Dodge and Titchy, uh, which is just horrific. So these guys are 30k, movement seven, and they're dodging everywhere on a two plus with a reroll. Just Oh, I'd just take a team of all pixies. If I could just, hmm, might have to get Windsor Chog to to sculpt up some digital pixies. Oh, there you go, Windsor. Oh, Ben. Those days are behind me, Ben. No. Um, okay, so this team can run 0 to 4 giants. 140k. All right, so we're, we're talking ogre money. Um, 4619. All right, so same as uh, gentle giant, really. Bonehead, yes. Thick Skull, fair enough. Mighty Blow, yes. Break Tackle, and Throw Teammate. So these are really just kind of big ogres. Yeah, I, I when you when you show them to me, I really did think they're a, just a different take on an ogre team, like a little bit scrambled, and I think I would rather play them because the Pixies do the job better than Nordblast. Oh, these, yeah, this Pixie team is, is quite quite interesting, and they have very similar Pixies on the Tree Man team. Which yeah, is, which you've uh, made, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. For that reason, I had a choice between Giants and Treeman, and I had the Era One trees just sitting there in a, a shop somewhere else waiting to be bought by me, but just sitting there. And I thought we'll go for it. We'll go for it. Yeah. So yeah. So the Did Giants. You get two left. Two, two what? Two less. Two less giant. than a Noga team. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, the same money. It's a clever build, and that's the great thing about this, the Fumble Stunty at the Fumble Secret Leagues is you do just get a different opportunity a different build it's like and i've said this before for any of you out there who've ever played the pokemon games it's like when you go from the originals to silver and gold it's the same but it's different it's just a That's different cool. take yeah it's a different yeah. season of your favorite show um so who came closest is thundershout thundershout yeah. grishon asher um with a bit more strength and a base four times the size basically he's bang on a giant yep yeah, and we were, we we're already seeing people use the, the models for him. So Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And and the cool thing is that these 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 guys are kind of lesser giants. So you know what? They still can fit around and you just have to consider them, you know, either two classes of giants. They're either lesser giants or they're half giants or something. You know, these guys are the Hagrid of the Blood Bulkage. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way of saying it. Yeah, shouldn't have blocked that. Um, I think I think yeah. I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and the cool the cool thing about giants is they've been in Blood Bowl lore forever. There's giant teams. There's just not. It's normally just there was this team and then it played against some giants and then their team was dead, basically. Um, yeah. And now we're in a position now where actually you can start running some of that on your Blood Bowl games, and hopefully we can get a game in with the giants soon in uh, our club just to see how fun they are and whether it's just horrific. I'll take um, a team which I uh, don't mind losing a few few, few players in, you know. <laughs> That's it. Uh, may I recommend an ogre team, perhaps with no ogres? Um, pick one up. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do. They're great models. Yeah. I'd love to see you paint these, actually. Um, I'd love to see you model them. And the great thing is, and I'm just harping on again about these models again, and all of the Blood Bowl teams, because I'm not saying they're cheap, but they're not they're not prohibitively expensive. Games Workshop ones are really good. good band. Yeah, you, you pick up a team and then, I mean, I think I've done this now. You pick up a second team of the same thing and then you can convert it. So my humans, I've got one human team and I've got a second human team with a bunch of heads from Puppets War. In fact, they were in seven Super Series. You know, you change up the models. You've got an ogre team here. You can just go chaos, make a chaos ogre team. Loads of spikes, loads of chaos bits on, some conversions, some tentacles. Oh man, you, you would be an absolute doddle to convert them. Um, yeah. And I've got a load of back banner poles for when I was using them to convert some knights in Adeptus Titanicus. I'm thinking, Who doesn't have a box full of banners? <laughs> that's it. You could chuck them on these, you know, on the ogres, and you've got, I don't know, just there's a lot to be done there. But anyway, I think that's uh, probably enough from me today on massive big guys and players and things in Blood Bowl because I'm just a bit a bit too excited, I reckon. Yeah, well, I mean, all the reason to be excited. This is, uh, it's, it's good to see Blood Bowl branching out into, and like the Games Workshop supporting it in its branching out into new areas and including new rules and new models. It's it's nice to mix things up. And I know we'll always have the, you know, core tournament rules and the NAF and things like that. But if you want to just add a little bit of excitement to a league, it's really nice to try some of these things out. It is. I'm really pleased to see them going a little bit outside of that circle that we've had for the past, you know, 20 years. And although we are in danger of losing some of the integral balance, actually, Given that everyone hates Willows and Dwarves, I don't think it's a terrible thing to introduce different elements to Blood Bowl. You're not affecting the top tiers. You're just making the bottom tiers deeper. And there's more playground there. I think it's fantastic. Exactly. Love it. So before we wrap up, Ben, it's Christmas Day now when this episode's coming out. What are you likely to be up to at the moment? Um, I'll probably be painting either this Steel Nurgle team or maybe my corn team for Beachhead. Probably the corn team by then. Is that is that your uh, kind of honorary Christmas present to yourself? Yeah, that was a self Christmas present. I'm very much looking forward to getting them on the table. I'm sorry, was that was that Grebo? It was Grebo, yeah. It was Grebo. Yeah, that they're team... really good models. Oh man, that team is fantastic. And one of your first metal teams, I think, is that? Yeah, yeah. Because I started uh, wargaming just sort of in the safe era without metal models everywhere. <laughs> so I've, I've painted a couple in the past, but it's my first time doing a whole whole thing of metal. No, that's cool. I mean, tabletop tyrant, you're going to need a decent case to carry them around because I know you're worried about them chipping. But Yeah, um, they've got about six chipping. layers of varnish on them. It's all good. <laughs> Fantastic. So this is going to come out in the morning of Christmas Day. I'm cooking Christmas dinner for the family this year, which I'm very excited about. I did it last year. Uh, the idea was that Tiff was going to be spending Christmas Day with my family, but um, she's now going to be spending it with her dad because her mum's working, which is lovely. you know. So she'll come around later. So probably going to be chilling out hopefully not still painting these ogres but i mean <laughs> I, I, you know well i probably should be building painting the sevens team but i will undoubtedly be doing some kind of hobby and just chill out for a few hours before i figure out how not to kill everyone by cooking a turkey poorly um, oh, that's fine it's... yeah it'll be fine i just need to not forget the yorkshires this year because you know i don't know if yorkshires is a particularly Christmassy thing but they're just so much they're just so good Hey, yeah, it's not a Christmas dinner is a type of roast dinner. It's not a roast dinner without Yorkshire's. So there that's the go. logic. 
yeah gotta have those um hoping because there was this news article about their um about there not being enough people to produce pigs in blankets i did see that, Is that for weather's yeah. Now, yeah, something like that. But I, I work in food retail, and we are not short the pigs and blankets. So I think it's going to be okay. Um, in fact, in fact, our chef's been making them and, and providing them in cooked breakfasts in the uh, in the staff canteen. So, which, by the way, ten out of ten recommend. Yeah, um, I'm have to pop by. Just, just probably not a good, not a, not a good health tip, but actually, uh, it's Christmas. Health pigs and blankets at breakfast time is a genius idea. It's sausage and bacon, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just ultimate, ultimate breakfast food. Um, yeah. yeah, wonderful. Well, I think we should probably call it a wrap there. What do you reckon? Probably best, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Ben, thank you so much for uh, coming on and talking some blood ball nonsense again. No, Massively you. appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Um, oh, man, it's been good. It's been good today to just talk utter nonsense. Great giant competition. Talking about mixed sevens is so much fun and just talking about different players and giants in the stunty league and fumble league you know that's what we want it's christmas day just sit and play enjoy yourself yeah merry christmas merry christmas everybody thank you so much for everything you've done for us and for all the great conversations we've had with you um have a lovely day hopefully you got some nice toys to play with and um yeah drop drop us a message at the bonehead podcast and let us know what you're up to on christmas day because uh, I'm going to be sitting there painting and hopefully you're going to be sitting there listening to this, doing some painting and some gluing as well. So yeah, drop us a line, let us know what you're up to and we will see you in the new year.